This film is lit. The podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian, and I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. So prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide if the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers, because this film is lit. Sometimes, dead is better. I'm pretty sure he was talking about this movie. It's Pet Cemetery, and this film is lit. Hello and welcome back to some number of episodes of This Film is Lit, the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. This week's episode, we are discussing Stephen King's Pet Cemetery and the 2019 currently in theaters remake of Pet Cemetery. Katie. Yeah. <laughs> you had a little something uh, you wanted to okay, mention. Okay, so here. Pet Cemetery, as you mentioned, it's out in theaters right now. So obviously this episode will be full of spoilers. Uh, so if you were planning to see the movie, I have two suggestions for you. My first suggestion is to not waste your money seeing this movie. Uh, but if you're really set on it, then my other suggestion is to wait on listening to the rest of this episode. Yes, because there will be spoilers yeah. abound. Uh, I want to mention before we get started that I was not feeling well when we went and saw this movie. And I missed like about 15 to 20 minutes of it. Uh, but I saw most of it, just missed a chunk of the beginning. You didn't like the miss much. The first 15 minutes or so. Uh, I did not see, but I came back and I saw like the rest of the movie. So there may be things that I'm misremembering or mistaken on. Yeah. We'll see. But that's that's my uh, my <laughs> warning before we get into it. The movie did not make me feel better. I will say that. Uh, let's get to our first segment. Let me sum up. In Let Me Sum Up, we briefly outline the plot of both the book and the movie. So if you haven't seen them and don't care to, you're kind of caught up on what's going on. You have a little bit of a background. So Katie... I'm going to close my ears and not listen so that I'm not spoiled for later segments, and you're going to explain the plot of the book. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. All right. Pet Cemetery by Stephen King. Dr. Lewis Creed moves his family, wife Rachel, and two young children, Ellie and Gage, from Chicago to the backwoods of Maine. When they arrive, they meet their elderly neighbor, Judd, and discover two things— 18-wheelers often whiz by on the road, and in the woods near their home is a pet cemetery, a place used by locals for the past several decades. Things are mostly fine until Thanksgiving, when Ellie's cat Church is hit in the road and dies. Before anyone else can discover this, Judd shows Lewis a burial ground deeper in the woods, past the pet cemetery. Lewis doesn't think much of it until Church returns, alive but not quite the same. He's more violent towards small animals, but Lewis manages to ignore this and keep his secret. Tragedy strikes again a few months later when Gage is struck in the road and killed. Overcome with grief, Lewis digs up his son's body and reburies it in the same place he'd buried Church. But when Gage returns, he doesn't seem to be Gage at all. He kills two people before Lewis kills him again. 
And then Lewis makes one more trip to the burial ground. All right. So that was the book. And now for me to try to sum up this movie. Or uh, talk about what happens in this movie. Uh, this family, Creed family, I think, is moving uh, to the countryside, the Mainish countryside, mm-hmm. um, into the, the woods of Maine, uh, out of the city. Uh, he's the, the father is a doctor. The wife, I don't know if she works. I assume she works, but we don't ever see what she does. They have two kids, uh, a, a girl, probably like six or something, named Ellie, and then a boy who's much younger, like a toddler mm-hmm. uh, named Gage, I think. Yeah. Um, so they end up in this uh, kind of remote ca- house out in the woods in Maine. Uh, when they get there, they're, uh, this is the part, again, that I missed most of this. Uh, I assume they meet their neighbor, Judd, who's kind of played by John Voight, who's kind of a strange uh, loner guy. Um, again, I missed all this setup. Uh, at one point, a student gets hit by a car and killed and, like, comes back to life in, fr- in front of the, the doctors trying to save him. And the kid, like, comes back to life and then he has visions of him for a while in the movie. Basically, at some point, uh, to get right into the meat of it where, from where I watched, the cat, they have a cat named Church who uh, eventually gets hit by a car. And uh, the daughter loves the cat and Judd has taken a, a shining to their daughter really likes her. Um, and doesn't want her to be sad, so he takes the dad with the dead cat out into the into the woods, past the pet cemetery, to another cemetery. I don't know, some other place, some other uh, grounds where the ground is sour. And they bury the cat. Uh, the whole time, he doesn't tell the dad what they're doing. Judge is like, "Do this. Come here. Walk eight miles into the woods with me, and we'll bury this cat." And the next day, the cat comes back, uh, but he's a little bit off. And there's some uh, some shenanigans with the cat, and they don't know what to do about it because the cat's kind of just does something wrong with the cat. Ultimately, he wants to kill it, but he can't. The dad is like, "I'm gonna kill it with some drug. He's gonna put it to sleep." Besides, he can't do that, so he just leaves it out in the middle of nowhere. Cat comes back, causes an accident. The little uh, during the birthday party for the daughter. Uh, the birthday also this whole time there's a subplot with the mom who where she had a sister who was bedridden from some sort of disease that made her deformed of some I don't know. Uh, (laughs) And she died, fell down a dumbwaiter shaft when she was a little girl and left there with the mom character was there when her sister died. And so she does, she sucks at dealing with death. So they didn't want to tell the girl that the cat died. So that's all irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. It's all important thematically. But um, so the mom doesn't like dealing with that. Anyways, cut back to the birthday party. The the cat shows up. The girl's excited because they just it was they thought it just ran away. They told her it ran away when the dad took it and left it. Uh, and she runs out to the street to greet it. At the same time, the little boy runs out in the street after her. The dad runs and saves the little boy from getting hit by a truck because the, the kind of whole premise, the whole setup for this is they live on this remote road where these trucks fly by really fast um, and hit things and kill animals and stuff all the time. And he runs out, he saves the, the son uh, from being hit by the truck, but the truck swerves and flies and some crazy stuff happens and the trailer flies off somehow. I, I'm pretty sure none of that makes any sense like in reality. But trailer <laughs> flies off, hits the little girl, kills her. Tragedy, sadness. Um, also at this point, he's learned that the guy, Judd, who took him out into the woods and showed him where to bury the cat is like, oh yeah, that happens they come back bad and he's like why did we do that it's like ah, i don't know <laughs> and then so 
But so he knows things come back messed up, but he's so grief grief ridden and still and he can't deal with death. And he can't deal with uh, come to he can't cope with the death of his daughter and and that sort of thing. So he takes her out into the woods after drugging Judd, buries her. She comes back, turns into a crazy serial killer because she's wrong now and she kills everybody. And then she, uh, she kills the mom, and then the mom gets buried and comes back like instantly and kills the dad. And then the dad dies and comes back, and then they go and kill the kid. And now they're all one big happy dead family. The end? I think I got most of it. I don't know, man. This movie was kind of a mess. Uh, it was not good. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the rough estimate, or estimate, a uh, rough description of what happened in the movie. I missed um, a lot of things, I'm sure. And like I said, there were a handful of things that I just didn't see because I, I missed it. But that's roughly what goes on. All right, let's get in. Uh, we do not have guess who this week, yeah, because I don't. They're not. Uh, there's like bits and pieces of description here and there, but not a whole lot. Um, there also aren't that many characters. Okay, so it would yeah. be a, a little bit moot. I feel like. All right. Well, then let's skip Guess Who and get right into Who's that in the book? Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. The what? Honestly, don't you two read? All right. First thing, this, the, this whole backstory with the, uh, the uh, Emily, Rachel, what's her name? Rachel. Rachel, the wife uh, in this family, the mother. Does she have this whole backstory with her sister who's bedridden, who she was forced to take care of and then died, and that's why she can't deal with death? Is that? And did her sister die in a dumb waiter? The whole <laughs> the whole sister thing. Uh, she did have a bedridden sister named Zelda okay. when she was a kid. And Zelda died, I believe, of multiple sclerosis. Okay. Which is why her back was all, like, twisted. Okay. I don't, I think, I feel like the movie maybe like... Amped up, like yeah, what? embellished yeah. maybe what that looks like because it like it looked like she was growing like dinosaur spines. Yeah, maybe I don't, not. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Um, however, Zelda does not die in a dumb waiter. She doesn't fall down a dumb waiter. No. Okay, because that felt very much like they wanted a way for her to die that was scarier than yeah. just she's sick and she died. But yeah. that I could be. That's just what it. Yeah, multiple sclerosis doesn't is I would say multiple sclerosis is just a degenerative like nerve like cent- like nervous system disease. Like it I could be misremembering physical- what it was in the book. She but could I'm have some sure form of was, like yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff she could, uh, but yeah, multiple sclerosis is not. And I don't think it's probably a kid thing either. I think it's probably an know. adult thing. I think you might be, but I could be wrong. But you might be misremembering. The exact diagnosis there. Um, anyways, uh, so she had a sister died, but the dumbwaiter thing does not happen. Uh, probably explicitly added for jump scares. Yeah, and it would appear so. Pr- pr- predictable jump scares. Yeah. Um, okay. I am actually a little surprised, though, honestly, that the, uh, that, that story backstory's in there at all. Although, looking at the book, I guess I shouldn't be, because it's a lot... Bigger, longer of a book than yeah, it's a pretty I sort of book. thought it was, I guess, for, yeah. for some reason in my head. I Like I said in the prequel episode, I knew nothing about the first movie. I knew nothing about this book. Mm-hmm. And so going into this movie, I knew nothing of what this story is really about other than like pet pets, you bury a pet and it comes back to life. Yeah. Like that was all I kind of really knew about it. So, um, 
I mean, and it, it operates thematically the same way yeah, in the book. In terms of her. She has this, like, trauma from her past yeah. where she can't deal with death yeah. in a healthy way. Yeah. That's kind of the whole point of the whole book, right? Yeah. Okay. I guess that's kind of the point of the movie, but... Mm, I'll talk about it more we'll later. We'll get there later. Okay. Um, how far away is... Okay, well, first I guess I should ask is... <sighs> So in the movie, at least from what, it, again, I missed this probably where maybe this was explained. But in the movie, when we see them bury church, they go to the cemetery mm-hmm. and then they go past the cemetery right. up like some tree bramble thing. Yeah, the deadfall. Yeah, yeah, the deadfall. And then they walk through a swamp. Yeah. And they, it seems like they walk like miles and miles <laughs> into the woods. And I was confused because I thought it was just at the pet cemetery. Like, I thought they just did this at the pet cemetery. No. Is that the same way in the book? Yeah. Is it a separate? It's, yeah, it's two separate places. And they do walk a good bit in the book. I think they say the pet cemetery is like 20 minutes away oh, okay. from their house or something. Um, and then the burial ground is even further okay. past the deadfall. That's weird to me. I guess it's not because it, it would have to be a different place because then all the pets would just come back. But yeah. in my head, just based on the title of the book and what I the cultural osmosis of it, I thought the pet cemetery just was the place where like this was a right. specific pet yeah. cemetery where when you buried pets there, they came back to life. I mean, that makes sense because like all you knew about it, all I knew about it was that the pets come back to right. life. Yeah. And so that's what I thought. And I was like, oh, no, it's some other thing. Okay. Which we'll talk about a little more in Lost in Adaptation because I just want to see how much more the book goes into it than yeah. than maybe the movie did. Um, and it just uh, – maybe it's the editing in the film, but I thought that was really uh, – like I guess I get why it's far away, but it felt – I was like – <sighs> It just really annoyed me when we were watching the movie. And I'm like, why are why are we watching them walk through the woods for like – 20 minutes like what purpose is this serving narratively other than like it's far away but that doesn't matter that it's far away i don't know I, it's not even a point it's just something that to me if i'm making that movie i cut them walking for 30 minutes through yeah. the woods because i'm just like that's not i mean that's not interesting that's not like mm-hmm. the fact that it's far away doesn't do anything for me i don't know i and it's a little thing, but it's just like I—I I was again. Also, to be fair, I wasn't in a great headspace of just sitting. Like I was, I was like not feeling well, and I'm like, why yeah. are we watching them walk through the woods? It's not even scary. Like they're just <laughs> no, walking through not. the woods. Like I guess it's a little creepy, but like I'll say that those parts I think are more interesting in the book. Um, and I think maybe that's something that like really didn't translate. That, like, they kept it the same for some reason while you're, like, with them the whole time they're walking. Yeah. But it's not, like, it doesn't have the same impact that it does hmm. in the book. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, again, I want to preface all of this by saying I wasn't feeling well, so I was not particularly receptive to this film. But <laughs> Katie also didn't like it, so... Uh, in the book, does Judd is Judd know about this? Does he know things come back? And does he show uh, the uh, Lewis the, how to bring the cat back? Um, yes, Judd is the one who shows him how to bring the cat back. Um, he does know that it brings things back. And does he know that they come back wrong? Well, he says his dog in the book only came back like kind of dumb. Mm. So he thought it might be the same case for church. Oh, okay. He tells him there's a couple other examples that the movie kind of like 
briefly showed blips of. Well, I remember the story about the bull. There's more to that in the book. And the bull, he says, is the only animal he knows of that came back mean. Oh, okay. And then there's a more, like, detailed example about a person that that, was buried there. Okay, to be fair, that makes way more sense for why he would show him and have him do this. Yeah. Because in the movie, Judd... Without explaining any of this, unless I missed it in the first part, but it seems like the uh, Creed or Lewis has no idea where they're going or why or what they're doing, right? In the no, movie, no, he doesn't explain it in the book either. Okay, so they go and he walks him out here. He goes, "Bury the cat here," and then and then the cat comes back and is all mean and weird and different. And after that, Judd explains, "Yeah, that happened to my dog. It was also mean and awful and came back messed up. I thought maybe it would be different." because that cat's a cat like and i but see it makes more sense in the book if like yeah sometimes maybe some of them come back mean and weird but like my dog was just like kind of dumb like it was still there like you know what i mean like that's a thing where i can understand why he would show him this then whereas if his only experience like it is in the movie is that my dog came back angry and mean and he kind of hand waves it away by going well the dog was always kind of mean but clearly it came back more mean than right than what he was used to. And yeah, yeah, in the book with his dog, like, the implication is more that it comes back, like, almost like a benign zombie. Right. Like, it's described, he describes it as being, like, a living piece of meat. He's yeah. just kind of there, and he's kind of dumb. Yeah. But see, that's, some dogs are already like that. So, like, that's not, <laughs> I mean, like, some dogs are just kind of like that. Now, I guess, yeah, you could argue that some dogs are just kind of mean, but I don't know. Anyways, like, yeah, I, that that makes a lot more sense to me him knowing that because I was it's really annoying to me that or I found it really strange and that and and that we didn't get a satisfactory answer for why Judd was like all right I'm just going to show you how to do this not tell you anything and oh the only time that, that I know about this being done it was bad yeah that in the book version makes more sense where it's like it might not be bad but at least it'll be bad you know like it yeah mm, okay uh, the a specific line, I referenced it in the intro, but it's also, uh, in like all the trailers and stuff. Uh, John Boyd's character, Judd says, sometimes dead is better. That is, is in, that the in the book. Yeah. Okay. It's one of the book's more iconic lines. I think I think. I, I think it was in the first movie too. It sounds I, like I culturally, it, it resonated with me when I heard him say it. And I was like, I feel like I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was wondering if it was maybe like a first movie thing or if it was in fact a book thing. And it is in fact. A book thing. Cool. Uh, does the daughter get hit by a truck and die? No. Ellie. No. It's his son in the book. Oh, so that was yeah. their subversion in the movies. Yes. You think like the kid runs out and their gauge runs out in the street and it looks like he's about to get hit by the truck. But yeah. then the dad saves him. So they're just kind of switching it up on you a little bit. A little bit. I also think for what they're wanting to do and what they this direction they decided to go in the movie with making her like this weird vindictive yeah like killer uh it makes more sense for a girl that can talk i I I think there are a couple yeah it makes more sense i have a note about that later yeah on on switching that um yeah but it is his like two-year-old son in the book which that could all then it turns into chucky exactly (laughs) it turns into chucky if they do go not that this movie wasn't horror trope soup but yeah all right. Uh, does he kill Judd? Spo- okay. Uh, parentheses. Oh, never mind. He didn't kill Judd. 
he just drugged him so that he could bring back his daughter. When we were watching this movie, when he goes he goes over to Judd's after his daughter dies, yeah. and they have a drink together, and he puts something in Judd's drink, and Judd, like, I thought was having a heart attack, mm-hmm. is what I read that scene as, but it turns out he was just like drugged him to knock him out yeah and but like we don't ever that that nothing happened it's not resolved and and judd's re or the dad's reaction to it the way that scenes played out made me feel like he was murdering him like he was that angry at judd for because and and judd is upset he basically in the scene saying it's my fault because if the cat didn't come back blah blah blah, none of this would have happened and i and i thought that the dad was kind of on the same lines and thus blamed him for his daughter being dead and so i thought he literally was killing him no, and, that part was weird. It will, and again, because the dad go his the 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 guy's like uh, Judd's like I wish I hadn't shown you that, and the dad goes, but you did, and he says it in this weird way of like he's angry and like I was like oh shit he's gonna kill him like he's killing <laughs> he poisoned him right now like he got fucking gave him a heart attack which would be an interesting I thing but no he just drugged him uh, does that happen um no okay. Uh, Judd just falls asleep while he's waiting and watching for Lewis to come back because he suspects that he's going to try to bring Gage back. Um, And it's overwhelmingly implied that the power of the burial ground keeps Judd from being able to keep himself awake. Ah. Um, The burial ground is like a whole bigger thing, kind of, in the book. Interesting. Okay. Uh, then, so, uh, in the book, does, I guess, does Gage come back? Does he bury Gage and bring him back? Yes. Because my question originally was the daughter, but obviously we we know at this point that it was the son. Um, and does Gage then become a crazy serial killer? I mean, he does come back, not himself. He does murder. In the movie, I felt like there was like this... I don't know. It just it didn't have the same like vibe to it to me when she comes back I, as I got from the book. I guess it, one of the ways it could be is that it, in the movie when she comes back and is a killer, she like is is Gage like because is he the same age in the book? Is he like supposed to be like two or like a yeah, toddler? He's like he a is. Toddler. How is he killing people? Anyways, um, well, I guess we'll talk about that, but. Uh, he in the in the in the movie she's like like um shit talking her mom and stuff right does that happen at all like with gage like is he like come back is he like a mean little shit like while he's murdering yeah yeah he is Uh, the book i feel like plays it more like he was like possessed by something that's kind of how i felt like like it was in the movie i felt like in the movie she was just like a really fucking mean murder version of herself well I, I don't know. I read it as kind of possessed. Like, I mean, not possessed. I, I read it as uh, she came back like, yeah, like some just wrong. And as like, I don't know if possessed is the right word, but like she's just like a weird, evil demon version of herself, which I don't know. I, that, like, so it is similar, at least. Then. Yeah, it's similar. OK, because that felt completely different to me. Or th- that felt like absolutely something that they would have just done in the movie, but it, I guess not. Like, that is kind of what happens in the book a little bit. Yeah, well, like, in the book, it's that he gets, he's like, it's not him, it's the spirit of the burial ground. Hmm. And, like, the spirit of, of the Wendigo, which they mention they briefly do mention in the, book, in the, movie. the movie. Um, But it's more of an element in the book. Interesting. 
Whereas I, like yeah. I said, I read the little girl more as like, oh, she's like the bad seed or whatever now. Okay, yeah, that is, because that is fair. That is what I was thinking. Like, it definitely, I didn't read her as like, not her. I yeah. just read her as like some weird evil, like, no, maybe exactly. possessed, but like, but also her version of herself. Because she's saying things like, I wish mom wasn't here. And like, she like she like she's still speaking like, yeah, it's her, but like. And she's like dances and stuff and does stuff. Yeah, some of the no. Stuff she whereas used to do in before. the book, when Gage comes back, he's like talking like a like a fully grown okay person. I guess, she, and she does that a little yeah. bit because like, she says things that you know, obviously, she wouldn't say. I don't know. Huh. Interesting. I was also. I gotta admit, I was just really bored by this movie, so yeah. I'm having a hard time just remembering even what because <laughs> I just found it incredibly boring. I think maybe the worst of all, I just found it really boring. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't. I didn't care about any of the characters. I didn't care about anything going on. So when all this is happening at the end, I, I had very little like motivation to care what she was saying and why. Like mm-hmm. I was just like, she's evil. Just fucking kill. Get it over. I don't know how this is going to end, but just end. Like, I don't, I'm not interested in this. Um, and that's also probably a little bit of just, I don't, I, I, I couldn't, I, I, my, my biggest problem with the movie, and I don't want to de- de- derail entirely here, I think, was that I didn't understand what the stakes were necessarily mm-hmm. for, or like what the goals of the characters were, other than like, especially once the little girl became possessed. Before that, I was on board. I got it. You know, like, he's dead. He's going to bring her back. I got all that. But, like, once the little girl came back all messed up, I was like, well, what what are we doing here? What's the end game of mm-hmm. this scenario? Like, a lot of times in a horror movie, there's a goal. Okay, well, uh, uh, this evil thing happened, and or, or this these evil monsters attacking us. We need to do this to defeat the monster, right. or we need to get away by doing this, or... We need to exercise the demon or something. In this, there was no goal. Like, there was nothing that they could do. So I didn't know what the dad's goal was other than he was going to kill her. And, like, by that, I mean, I I could see the sort of parallel in the sense of, like, if that's what happened. Like, if he does manage to kill her um, in the movie, that is, you know, sort of symbolic of him finally, like, letting her die. Mm -hmm. Moving on, if he's able to kill her, like, even though it's not really her sort of thing. Like, I was thinking that might make sense, but then the movie goes a completely different direction with the ending, so, like, it doesn't go that way. I mean, he is going to. He is going to kill her, but then he gets killed, and then it's just like, ah, everybody's dead. So, like, I just just didn't know, like, I didn't know what the little girl's goal was. Like, I didn't, like, the the, the possessed, like, she didn't have a goal, I guess. She was just kind of, like, evil. Like, she was just Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to kill all these people because... It just, it all felt so ill-defined and and boring. I don't know. I don't even feel like I'm talking, like what I'm saying makes sense. I didn't like this movie. I didn't either. Do you want to just move on to your next question? Yeah, let's just move on. Uh, And at the end, uh, what I just mentioned, do they all just become a happy undead family? They do not. That's not in the book. Okay. Cool. Because that was dumb. Yeah. That was dumb. I have more on that later. I thought that was dumb. Okay, let's move on to Lost in Adaptation. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. Was it lost? Yes, yes, and I want to get unlost as soon as possible. All right, so this is kind of... Exp- I, it doesn't need to be explained in the movie. Uh, the, my question is, why does the burial ground bring things back to life? It's very satisfactory for me to just be like it does it mm-hmm. doesn't matter i'm just kind of wondering if we get any more 
in the movie than we get in the book. And now there might have been more, or sorry, any more in the book than we get in the movie. There might have been more at the beginning when they were talking about it there that I missed. Not. Like, because I assume they discussed the cemetery or something. I don't know. Anyways, but I remember there's one part with the book and the Wendigo or whatever. Yeah. But I, 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 that was like a brief thing that I barely remember. So, uh, so what in the book, do we get any more information about what's going on here and why these Yeah, creatures? we get a lot more information, okay. actually. Uh, so the movie hand waves this idea of like Native American burial ground. Um, they show that briefly when he's doing like a Google search. They briefly show the Wendigo in the book. Uh, in the book, it's more explicitly... Um, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Micmac. The book spells it M-I-C-M-A-C. Okay. Um, when I looked online, I think a more proper, correct spelling of it is M-I-apostrophe-K-M-A-Q. Okay. Um, but I couldn't find like a, a pronunciation guide that I trusted. Right. Um, so it, so in the book, it's, it's a Micmac burial ground, which is a native tribe to that part of Maine. Okay. Um, and the book tells us that they used to use that burial ground, but during a hard winter, dug up remains and ate them. Oh. So from then on, the ground was sour and it was cursed by the Wendigo, which is a malevolent force in um, Algonquin folklore. Okay. Um, it's like a, a monster who warns against taboos about like greed and murder and cannibalism. Gotcha. Um, so in the book, this is like an extremely powerful force that's very adept at getting what it wants and at kind of fooling people into thinking that everything will turn out okay if yeah. they bury their dead there. Hmm. Um, and this is one of many places that I think the movie fails uh, because it doesn't want to commit to the Native American burial ground thing. Uh, so it just vaguely shows it when he's looking through that book. But, like, you can't have it halfway. Yeah. I think you either have to go for it and be creative and do your goddamn research and find a less problematic way to include a cursed Native American burial ground in your horror movie. Yeah. Or you have to do something else entirely. Yeah. And, like, based on the promotional stuff... I thought that they were going to go more of like a children of the corn. That's what it looked because we thing. see those kids with the masks. Yeah, and then more, more on them later. Yeah, we see those kids with the masks in the trailer quite a bit. And mm -hmm. that's what I definitely thought was going to happen was I thought it was going to be a thing. And now I've never seen children of the corn. I don't do horror movies. I, I don't dislike them. Yeah. I just don't watch that many horror movies. They're not a thing I'm super into. But um, what I thought from the trailers was that I think I kind of vaguely knew culturally that something to do with Native American. Yeah. But I thought from the trailer that I saw that it would make sense if it was something like these kids were murdered yeah. in that yeah, 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 in yeah. this part of the woods and then and some or something horrible happened in like the twenties or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it had to do with these kids with the masks and somehow their spirits or or, or like and then yeah, maybe you can even bring in something like the Wendigo or some mm -hmm. sort of demony type force that has taken this and is using the ground to like, um, you know, seek revenge upon people who yeah. harm children or maybe not, that's, that's not the right, but you know what I mean? Like something like that yeah. was kind of what I was expecting from the trailers. And I just felt like I was never fully kind just, of like, knew what the, what was going on. I guess that alludes back to what I was saying earlier of just not knowing what the stakes are or what mm -hmm. kind of the rules of this universe yeah. are other than yeah. like Barry, it comes back. Okay. Yeah. And I think like, 
I guess I understand why they didn't want to go the the Native American burial right. ground route, but also like I mean, they do mention it. Just don't they? In, but I think like just including a couple of mentions is so much more problematic yeah. to me. Yeah. Like then you're just kind of alluding to it without offering any kind of explanation or education on because the Wendigo is a thing. Right. Like that's a major thing within Native American folklore. Yeah. Um, but they just like kind of briefly mention it and like if you don't know what that is, then you're not getting anything out of it. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that was tough for me, too, is that I think you can even do that. You can kind of keep that all vague if I'm more invested in the characters in your movie. Mm-hmm. And now, again, I would have to watch the first 15 minutes that I missed. But I did. I, I so actively didn't care about Jason Clark's character, the dad's <laughs> character. I found him just so uninteresting and like. Just kind of like weirdly brooding and not like. I just really hated his small mouth. I don't know what it was, but just everything about him I didn't care about. And yeah. so, like, if you want to do this, if you if you're if you're sort of abandoning the 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 world building and the and the the plot for the sake of thematic and like character driven stuff, like for mm-hmm. the the thematic uh, development and for character development, that's fine. But I thought the movie didn't do that either because yeah. again, I didn't care about this guy. The themes were subverted by how the movie ends, I felt like, because of, again, the theme of, uh, from what I understand in the book, it's kind of generally just vaguely, like, nihilistic and, like, shitty things can happen and you just got to deal with it and and, and sort of, and and learning to sort of accept death as part of just life and that's kind of how that all works. But the movie doesn't really do that. So it's like, well, what was the point? Like, like if you're you're not going to give me these cool details about how this all works... And like make the plot interesting. It, I at least need this other thing, but then you didn't do right. that other thing. We need to have either character driven or plot driven. Yeah. but we don't really. We have don't really have either, either of them. And so I was like, uh, so I just didn't care. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. All right. Uh, cool. Let's move on. And again, uh, to our second question here. And uh, you have this. I don't yeah. Remember, this I is something this that question. I added. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Judd's wife. Because I felt like the movie implied something that it didn't expand on. I think I missed her entirely. Okay. Because I don't remember him having a wife. All right. So I'm just going to puzzle through this. Okay. Oh, you missed the part at the beginning when he said that she got sick and died. Yeah. That's I think why. So. Yeah. I was like, All right. what? So his wife, Norma, is alive at the beginning of the book, but she dies partway through. Okay. Um, and then when Gage kills Judd in the book... He does make insinuations about Norma, which we've already been told is something that this evil entity does when it manages to come back as a human. Now, in the movie, when Ellie is killing Judd, she briefly, like, is wearing Norma's face. Do you remember Oh, yeah. I didn't know what that meant at all. See, that old lady, I was like, I don't know who this is or what's going on. No, right, because we've never seen her before. We've never actually seen her. She's just suddenly wearing her face. Yeah. Bigger problem for me, I had no idea who he yeah. was even referring to. So, And then she, like, implies that Jed did something to Norma. She says, like, you're going to burn in hell for what you did to her. But what? I, I assume it's nothing and that it's just trying to make, like, he, whatever sort of vague guilt he has about 
how what yeah but I, I, well that's what i was trying to figure out was that if there was something earlier in the movie that i missed or if it was a gap in storytelling or if they were trying to do the same thing as the book where the entity just like keys in on what you feel vulnerable and right. guilty about and then like needles you on that right but they did that without setting it up first. I'll take your. I don't know because, like I said, I missed that. The yeah. where the setup would have been. I was not in the theater, so I don't know. But it, I, yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I have no idea. All right. Maybe no, somebody. I, I, I didn't. If I didn't figure you would have any no, further. No. Unfortunately, the worst this. possible person to ask in this particular. I was instance. just like, I didn't know. I feel like there are three possible errors here, and I didn't know which error had happened. Well, if you saw the movie and can explain what happened there with uh, Norma and Judd, and if there was some sort of setup for that, the sort of end confrontation yeah. between the two of them, let us know, because I... Because I, I, I'm I, baffled. I, 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 I don't I, know. And I was not in the theater, so... There we go. That was it for Lost Adaptation. Uh, one for me, one for Katie. Hopefully, somebody out in the world has an answer. <laughs> Let's move on. Finally, Katie gets to talk, the person who actually saw the whole movie, uh, about what was better in the book. You like to read? Oh, yes. I love to read. What do you like to read? Everything. Um, so the book overall does a much better job of addressing like the themes and the anxieties that are associated with death. I think the movie's attempt at this is garbled and all over the place and erroneously averted or subverted rather at the end. I think that was yeah. a mistake. More yeah. on that later. Yeah. Um, and I, it, what part of what frustrated me frustrated me about the movie too was that they brought up some kind of interesting ideas. I thought they did, yeah. But they didn't, like, see any of those ideas through yeah. to me. No. I mean, the ending of the movie literally... Unless I, unless my reading on this is completely wrong, I'm trying to figure out a way that the ending of the movie where they're all just dead mm -hmm. doesn't completely ruin any sort of thematic um, lesson. Yeah. I, mm. I mean... I. <sighs> Because, like, to me, again, the lesson of uh, that the movie seems to be going for is that, you know, you, uh, again, it's not it's not a, it's not subtle. I mean, the line sometimes dead is better. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty overtly on the nose it describes what the movie is going for in terms of and again, with the Zelda storyline, a subplot about uh, learning to deal with death, coming mm -hmm. to terms with death, that it's a natural part of life uh, and it's something you kind of have to just deal with and get used to and that. It seems to me like maybe that would be a good message if if at the end of the movie that uh, thematically you could finish that out in the movie. If the dad kills the daughter who mm -hmm. he has brought back against her will and against, and, you know, and, and, and uh, against the laws of nature or what, what have you has to kill his daughter ends her. Maybe even the mom dies as a result of his actions sort of as a quote unquote punishment. I don't know if that's but like. The mom dies, maybe, maybe not, um, and then this, the, the or and then the dad's left to take care of the kid, and he then he now realizes that he has to sort of that his actions of of his fear, and maybe actually maybe better is that the dad dies, 
and that the mom lives because she's the one that we've seen dealing with grappling with this mm-hmm. weird uh, the, this trauma that she's had when she was a kid uh, of, of dealing with death and that sort of thing. So maybe she actually learns to overcome that throughout mm-hmm. the course of this movie. Maybe that's what they did. Maybe they put the emphasis on the wrong thing. Maybe they should have switched it in the movie and the mom should have been the main character. Because yeah. she does have a much more interesting backstory. The dad, we what do we know about? He's a doctor. Like, yeah. Like if the mom who has this weird thing and can't deal with death and can't confront it. I mean, she that makes way more sense. She's the one who's like, just t- <laughs> lie and tell the tell him that the cat's not dead. Like it's her idea. She's like, I don't we can't, I don't want to talk to him about death. So then if it's her who's like finds out about this. And then that also is good because then the dad, I'm not I'm rewriting the whole movie, because then the dad <laughs> finds out from Judd about the cat and brings the cat back. And, he, or, you know, the, the, everything plays out up and for the most part the same in the beginning. And I don't want to, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, and then, so like he brings the cat back, then realizes this is not good because the cat comes back wrong and he mm-hmm. kind of learns and like, oh, oh no, we can't do this anymore. But then once the daughter dies, um, the mom doesn't care. She mm-hmm. she's still she's so incapable of dealing with death. Because again, that's not really a character flaw we've necessarily seen with the dad, but mm-hmm. it is absolutely one with the mom. But so when the daughter dies, she can't deal with it and now has known about this place from the dad because when he brought the cat back and they discussed it at some point or whatever. So she now knows about this. So she goes against and against his, you know, without him knowing and brings the daughter back. Mm-hmm. And that results in the dad dying. And now she has to kill her daughter, and that sort of ends her whole character arc of learning to come. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then she has to go and raise her kid and learn to cherish every moment with them. Like that to me is like a, a that actually makes sense. Like thematically, that does make sense thematically. Again, it's probably wildly different from the book. It is uh, clearly, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like at least from what the movie was going for, that actually uh-huh. to me makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like for what it seemed like the narrative would be going for, and then yeah, she's with the kid now. Uh, she, yeah, that okay. That rewrite it. That's what they should have done. I don't know why they didn't do that. That's quite a while to me. Anyways, sorry. All right. Tangent over. <laughs> Next thing, uh, Zelda falling down the dumb waiter. I think could have been interesting, but as we mentioned, it just came off as a cheesy excuse for jump scares. Yeah, it's just a generic like a uh, dark, scary void. Yeah. A creepy and girl here, comes out yeah, of it. Yeah, here comes the demon down the dark, scary yeah. void. Yeah. Um, Judd's character development is completely missing from the movie. Uh, he cuts a much more interesting and sympathetic figure in the book. He's slightly sympathetic in the movie. Like, yeah. he talks about at one point how, you know, this is the, the their daughter is like the first person he's really bonded with mm-hmm. since his wife died, I think is what he says. So actually, I guess I did know she died, but um, <laughs> something like that. And so, like, there's a little bit of that there that he, like, actually really cares for her and or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but yeah. Um, and then to go along with that, like kind of hand in hand with that, the movie is missing all the background info about the burial ground, um, not just the specific history of the ground itself, but the actual stories. And this is where we learn more about Judd, too, in his past, like the story about his dog and then the bull um, and then a soldier who was brought back. Oh, so there was a person who was brought back. Yes. And that person came back very wrong. And yeah, I know, okay. I know, I know. <laughs> um, and I'm, I was really surprised that the movie didn't do more with that stuff because I think they could have done some cool like flashback 
yeah. kind of like storytelling scenes. Yeah. Um, but it does give a much fuller picture of what happens to someone or something who is resurrected using this burial ground. Hmm. Yeah. I'm glad they did include it because, I mean, oh, they could have, though. I mean, the movie, I, I was waiting for it to be over. Yeah. But it it wasn't like long yeah again i think if i was just like not feel if i was feeling fine i think i i would have happily sat through an extra 15 minutes to kind of flesh out characters and and stuff yeah. like that like it was only yeah. like an hour and 30 like it wasn't like yeah it wasn't long get this over with you know like uh, so yeah i'm surprised they didn't include a little bit more um the journey to the burial ground all that walking yeah you mentioned earlier it's much creepier in the book um a thing that i found scariest it was that when he's walking there um, to bury his son, there's something shrieking and laughing like right behind him. Yeah, that's creepy. There is the yeah. one moment in the movie where when they're walking there the first time, mm-hmm. something makes a weird noise. Yeah. And he's Judd's like, oh, it's a. But it's not that weird of a noise. No. It's like a pretty basic woods noise. Yeah, well, like. it's a little more like a person screaming, but. It Judd says, "Oh, it was a loon or whatever." That's now, a reference to the book. Is it yeah. okay? Um, does he say like does the same yeah, thing? Yeah, he happen? tells him um, when but before they go in there the first time, he tells him like, "Oh, you're gonna hear sounds. It's just loons, and you might see some stuff, but it's just um, like the oh, what are they called? Like the lights that you can sometimes see, it, like in deep forests." I don't know. There's a name for them. It sounds like a made-up thing. It's, it's will-o'-wisps. It's an oh. actual, it's a scientific phenomenon, I believe. Never heard of that. Um, but it it looks like you're seeing hmm. something else. I've literally never heard of that. Okay, yeah. Um, will-o'-wisp is an atmospheric ghost light. Seen by travelers at night, especially over bogs, swamps, or marshes. Um, there's a lot about this in urban legends and folklore and superstition. Modern science often explains them as natural phenomena such as bioluminescence or chemiluminescence caused by oxid- oxid- oxidation of phosphine, diphosphane, diphosphane, diphosphane and methane produced by organic decay so it's a thing that can happen potentially yeah but it's like it's all over in folklore um so judd uses this as like a way to explain away the fact that you might see things gotcha as they're traveling there um i don't necessarily mind that they resurrected ellie instead of gage i just wish that they hadn't gone so evil little girl cliche with it um, the ending of the movie. <laughs> yeah. The ending is just so awful. Like the whole family coming back. So when we were watching this, yes. someone, when they all like walked up out of the woods, someone in the theater started laughing, laughing uncontrollably. Yeah. That's not a good sign no, for your horror not, movie. Not a great sign. Yeah. So, so at the end, uh, uh, the dad is about to kill Ellie. He's like holding her down is going to like hit cut her head off with a shovel or hit her in the head with a shovel and kill her again. Uh, And as he's about to do this and again at this point the mom has already been killed by Ellie Mm -hmm. and Ellie drug her to the to the burial to the burial ground. How she did that through the swamp and everything and up that hill of the deadfall of trees. Again she's supposed she kind of has like demon strength now. It seems like she's more she's stronger than a normal six year old girl. So the mom comes back and right as he's about to kill her the mom kills him. Mm-hmm. Stabs him through the chest with a 
like a... I think a cemetery marker yeah. thing, like a cross or whatever. Um, killing him. So now all three of them are dead. And then they bury him and he comes back. And they had, earlier in the movie, had locked the kid, the son, Gage, in the car and said, mm-hmm. you know, or the dad had and said, stay in here. Don't, you know, don't open the door for anybody. Uh, and, um, and so, yeah, the final shot, all three of them walk out of the woods yeah. dead together. And, yeah, the guy fucking he lost it. He lost his mind. I was also chuckling <laughs> to myself, like, oh, really? This is what we're doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. It's not the great ending. Yeah. It's not a great ending. Um, so here's what happens in the book. Um, so Gage kills Judd and then kills Rachel, the mom. Okay. Um. And then Lewis is able to kill Church and then kill Gage. Um, and then we think that everything is going to be okay and he learns his lesson. Um, and then the epilogue ends with resurrected Rachel putting her hand down on his shoulder. So we know that he didn't really learn his lesson. Oh, so he tried to bring her back. Yeah. Okay. See, that's at least interesting, too, in a different yeah. way. Like, the ending I wrote with my rewrite, I like. But for in a darker, more nihilistic ending. Yeah, it's a darker kind of devoid of hope. Right. It is a, it's a much more voidy ending, and I'm totally cool with that. I think that's a more, like, yeah, he didn't actually learn anything. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the movie's ending version of that is just, now they're all dead. Right. Like, but it's not interesting. Like, it's not... Well, the movie's version is just, like... This entity or evilness or whatever just kills them all. Yeah. And that's not interesting any no. way you slice it. No, it's just like, oh, now they're all dead. Yeah. Or even if it's not some entity, even if it's somehow them, yeah. like, what's the message there? That they all killed each other? Like, yeah. It's like, it's, it's not interesting. No, it's just not, you know, like, and then they're, oh, the kid. Like, I, I, I understand why they thought, like, oh, and then they all come out and they're all dead. And then they come up and the kid who we thought was safe. Nope. Haha. That's that's super dark. It's like somebody should have reached across the writing table and slapped it. Like, yeah, sure, it's like depressing. Yeah. Kind of. But it's not like Well, it's like interesting. Edgy. Yeah, it's like edgy dark, but it's not like interesting. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you thought this character had learned a lesson through this whole 500-page book about how to under, uh, you know, deal with life. No, 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 no. Or how to deal with death and, and let go and that nope. sort of thing. False. Nope. That's the message for you, motherfucker, but not this guy in the book. He doesn't get a happy ending. Screw you. Like, that's interesting. Yeah. But. And that's a more interesting way to do horror. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because then again, yeah, watching this movie again. So I get so here. Here, here's a good way to put it. At the end of the book, in the in in the end of Pet Cemetery, the book based on the ending you described, I as the reader go, well, I think about it and I reflect and go, man, he didn't learn his lesson. I should I'm gonna take in what I learned here mm-hmm. from this book about uh, the wrong way to deal with death and loss. Yeah. That's the wrong way to deal with it. That's how some people deal with it. It's the wrong way. What is the message I'm getting from the the movie? Well, it's nothing because they're not dealing with it anyway. That's what I mean. That's what what I'm saying is that like, so that is kind of the goal of the movie at one point is because, again, they bring it up a million times thematically, like the mom not being able to deal with death and the dad saying, I just wanted more time with the daughter. That's why I bring her. That's why I brought her back. I just wanted more time with her. But then when we get that ending. What am I supposed to yeah. get from the fact that well, they all... Because he was going to kill her. He was going to do that. Yeah. But then he gets killed. And I, so it's I like, almost feel like like they started to do that. 
And then, like, some executive or something came in halfway through filming and was like, yeah, we need to make this more of a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, it does feel like that at times. Like, there are definitely elements that were potentially, like, uh, reshot to make it creepier. Yeah. To, like, make it more of a horror film. Um, But, so, yeah, I'm wondering... Cause yeah, cause then again, again, going back to what I'm saying, as a movie, was just watching the movie. I my what I get out of it is okay. Don't deal with death this way because if you do, you're the you you your family will murder you. Will come back from the dead and murder <laughs> you. Know. Like it just doesn't have the same resonance that the book, yeah. based on your description of it, has. It, it just didn't resonate with me at all. But all right. Um, let's do, uh, that was it, right? Yeah. Let's do better in the movie. My life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies. All right. Um, so I have two things here. Um, one is, uh, like I said, I don't really mind switching the role of the resurrected child from Gage to Ellie. I think an older actor can do more. So from a practical perspective, I get that. Yeah. Uh, I don't really think it's a better or a worse change. It just kind of is. I think it's a better change in the, in the like you said, practically for yeah. a film. I yeah. don't know thematically or story-wise if it's any better or worse. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the book also has this whole backstory where Lewis doesn't get along with Rachel's father, which was an okay and understandable cut. For the movie. Uh, I think it moves things along by eliminating a side plot. Yeah, that seems unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, we learn a little bit more about Lewis through that, but yeah. I don't think we really needed it per gotcha. se. Was there anything uh, real quick that the movie nailed? We don't have that section in here. But there. As I expected, practically perfect in every way. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> There's a cat. There's a boom. <laughs> Movie nailed it. There's a cat. General notes. Let's talk about it. I don't really have. Um... I stopped taking notes on my phone partway through this movie. Yeah. I was trying to do it very carefully. I had like the brightness turned all the way down and I had night mode on and it was like under my sweater. Um, but I stopped taking notes because it was all just so different and awful. Yeah. I was like, this is pointless. Yeah. But um, if you do go to see this movie, be on the lookout um, when Rachel is at her parents' house close to the end. They show this brief shot of the ugliest fucking <laughs> portrait of Rachel and her sister. It's like the ugliest oil pastel scrawl, and they both look like <laughs> monsters. And I was like, I understand from like a, a like a aesthetic like mood setting why you would want a really ugly scrawl yeah. demon portrait of your children in this house. But like, like was, in universe, it's little... like in universe. I was kind of like, no parent would keep that on the wall. <laughs> right. It's ugly. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that. I didn't see that, but my yeah. My only general note was like, man, this movie isn't even scary. Yeah. For a horror movie, I'm not scared. I'm just bored. Yeah. Like it. It just it. It had a couple moments where I. 
was scary in the sense that I knew a jump scare was coming. Right. And so I'm like sitting there waiting for it and then it happens and I'm like, uh, but even those it's like the, I'm not a big fan of jump scares, but if you're going to do them, at least make them. So I don't know they're coming. Exactly. Like it's a jump scare that it, it kind of works only in the sense that like, you don't know exactly when it's coming, but every single one of them in this movie, I knew it was about to happen when it happened. And like, yeah, I appreciate that in the sense that, like, I don't really like jump scares, so I'm, like, glad I didn't have to deal with a bunch, like, out of nowhere. But, like, for people that like horror movies, I feel like this would be very boring. Like, if yeah. it was boring for me as somebody who doesn't... Yeah, like, right. Like, I can imagine somebody who's, like, super into horror movies and knows all the tropes and knows everything, like, you know, and is kind of steeped in all the in the in the world of horror i feel like this would be incredibly boring i could be wrong but it just struck me as like it it would be wildly like not scary (laughs) but i don't know uh do you want to go back to our homework yeah let's talk about the homework from the prequel which was to decide which uh which variation of the came back wrong yeah trope so I'll, i'll run through those again real quick we had soulless shell where they come back but without their soul Uh, We have Damaged Soul, where the soul does come back, but it has been damaged in some way, maybe leading to madness or depression. We had Monster from Beyond the Veil, where they come back as a demon or a monster of some sort, bent on destruction. We have Inhuman Human, where the soul comes back just fine, but the body is a wreck. And we have Destination Host Unreachable, where the soul comes back, the body comes back, but due to the rules of the universe, the Resurrector and the Resurrectee cannot exist on the same plane. Yeah. Okay. So, on the movie alone, mm-hmm. uh, I would say, just mainly speaking in regards to the girl. I think there's different things for different things in the book. Mm-hmm. For the girl in the movie, I think it's like three of them. Okay. Uh, one damaged soul because... She's still somewhat there. Yeah, she seems like she's still her to some extent, a little bit. Yeah. Again, she 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 still dances, like she still does ballet for a bit and blah blah blah. But she is like, she decays over the course of the final act of the movie from like, kind of like her mm-hmm. and a little off, which I would definitely put in sort of the damaged soul right. category yeah. Yeah. into more. She then clearly kind of deteriorates into the. Uh, a monster from beyond where she is some sort of like demon and Mm -hmm. and seemingly possessed or something strange going on where she's again, she has like strength beyond that of a six year old and that sort of thing. And and like she, again, she's saying all these weird things to people that she would never like, you know what I mean? It's not just like she's depressed or sad or like angry. It's like she has some other extra level of Mm -hmm. uh, malevolence inside of her. Um, And then also inhuman human, because she does come back, uh, like she has the the yeah, staples on her head up. from like where where her head was busted open when they uh, when she got hit by the truck and like so and so she basically she has the injury still yeah so I guess it's not it's not like it's not the exact right thing but she doesn't come back whole like right. her body doesn't come back fine it comes back a little bit messed up similar to the yeah. cat yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like kind of just in the state it was when you brought them like the injuries they had when they died yeah kind of come back with those and like her hair falls out and stuff yeah. like that um so a little bit of all three i think kind of mixed mm-hmm. in and then obviously not destination host unknown because she's they're right that, yeah that's stuff. not a thing in this yeah i don't think no um but that's just the girl in the movie right the book i think 
leans may way more to monster from beyond the veil yeah um clearly like there's it's some kind of entity like using their resurrected bodies um for animals maybe that or maybe like soulless shell a little bit when you described the dog that's why i was gonna what i was kind of alluding to earlier yeah when you mentioned his dog coming back kind of dumb and just like that yeah kind of fits in with that category um, and that actually, a change from the book to the movie, the inhuman human aspect of it. In the book, it's made pretty clear that they come back more or less fine. Like, if they had injuries, you can see, like, maybe some scars. Huh, interesting. But yeah. they don't come back, like, still yeah. really damaged. Yeah, in the movie, they're pretty much seemingly like whatever, like I said, whatever state they were in when they died. Yeah. Um. And maybe even deteriorating slightly. And I get why they would do that in a visual medium to make yes. them creepier. Like the yeah. little girl looks kind of corpsey. Like, yeah. and that's a little creepier than this if she looks like a little girl with like a scar. But so I think I, I understand that change at least uh, for the for a visual medium. So, all right, uh, let's final do the final verdict. Now, uh, are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict so this will shock everyone, but the book was better. Yeah. Um, I found the book to be pretty entertaining and sometimes creepy. My edition was just shy of 400 pages. Um, and to be honest, you could probably eliminate around 100 of them and tell a better, more effective story. Like this book... Uh, <sighs> Like, nothing happened for, like, the first 50 pages, and then all of the sudden it went bonkers insane. Yeah. Um, But I did like the book. I kind of, like, I liked kind of the slow burn. I liked the different layers of story that you kind of had to dig through. Yeah. Um, But here's the other important thing to note. The ideas in the book, like, the ideas of things coming back from the dead all wrong, uh, the cursed indian burial ground none of that stuff is unique no like it's not new it's not groundbreaking no but the movie managed to take (laughs) an already kind of cliche story and make it even more generic and cliche like i don't think the movie really understood what kind of horror story it was telling like it was more like a horror trope stew than anything else and it totally misses the point of the book Like, the whole point in the book is that the villain is death. Yeah. It's not zombie family little girl. The villain is death. It's the horror of death. Yeah. Um, And, like, knowing that no matter what you do, this horror is coming from you. You can live the healthiest lifestyle and still get cancer. Yeah. You can be the most careful driver and still get taken out by a truck. Yeah. Like, it's it's this creeping horror that grows throughout the entire book. Yeah. Um, and like we said, I think the movie's biggest crime is that it's not scary. <laughs> um, it's boring. Uh, There are some movie genres that can get away with being kind of boring, but horror is not one of them. Mm -mm. Uh, I think arguably the creepiest imagery was the kids in masks in the funeral procession to the pet cemetery, which was made much more of in the promotional material. Yeah. Uh, But we literally only see them once in the actual movie. They're just in that one beginning scene. Yeah. Yeah. I think potentially the scariest scene is Zelda falling down the dumbwaiter, but 
like you said, I was expecting it. Yeah. And I jumped because the noise was loud, but I was still expecting, <laughs> like I was fully expecting that to happen. Yeah. And that's what I mean when I say that the movie was cliche. Like, I'm not a horror movie person either. I've seen very few horror movies, but I was able to call every single horror beat yeah. that happened in this movie. There were no surprises. Nope. When the mob wakes up from the nightmare at the end and then the daughter stands up with the knife and it's yeah. like yep oh yep yeah knew that is exactly what was no, gonna happen i was sitting there in the theater like jump scare in three yeah two yeah one boom there it is yeah it, it literally just uh, yeah uh leaving the theater after seeing this i felt a lot like i did after seeing the crimes of grindelwald yeah um i was confused i was disappointed I was a little shocked that something that big could end up that bad. Yeah. And, you know, the book was good generally, but, like, it's not even necessarily something that I'd enthusiastically recommend. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be like, oh, you have to read Pet Cemetery. It's so good. But this movie. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. It, my my only other thing I would add is that it's I, I will say that in, in comparison to Crimes of Grindelwald, this thing is uh, wildly less uh, surprising to me, only because the budget was way less than I thought it was. Yeah, and the as we discussed in the prequel episode, the filmmakers involved were people I have never heard of who when, when I went through their IMDb yeah. had done one other movie, so it's not super surprising that they didn't like crush it <laughs> whereas like you know david yates has a history when he did crimes of grindel had a history of making some pretty good harry potter like relatively speaking mm -hmm. pretty good harry potter movies uh and 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 you know jk rowling wrote it so like a little more expectation but yeah still it's a, it's a little wild that it it yeah confused and disappointed I mean, you left the theater with me. I couldn't speak for no, a couple you, minutes. You were definitely, uh, uh, yeah, uh, dumbstruck by what you had just yeah. witnessed. So, all right, that is it for Pet Cemetery. So that's spelled wrong, right? Yeah, that's the like the thing is like some kid spelled it yes. wrong. Okay, I thought I was going crazy and didn't <laughs> know how cemetery was spelled. No, it's spelled wrong on purpose. Okay weird it is kind of weird it's it's weird because it's like a choice that doesn't really end up meaning anything i think it's just that stephen king is like yeah creepy kid sign misspelled that's creepy yeah, it's creepy or maybe he was high on cocaine at the probably time. was this is from the <laughs> maybe 80s right he thought this was how you spelled cemetery i wouldn't be i mean cemetery is not an easy word to spell <laughs> it, 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 you it's know fair, even spelled yeah. correctly but i was that's the thing i think that's yeah. what made it even more confusing is that i i always misspell cemetery i put an a <laughs> in when there's not i think i always used to spell it c-e-m-a-t-a-r-y mm-hmm or something and isn't it all e's or something weird isn't it it's like C E M A? the last a is an A. It's C E M E T A. Yeah, maybe something like that. I don't know, I but I, I feel like I've always misspelled it. I, I I thought it was all E's. I don't know. I thought there was something weird where I always misspelled it. So then when I saw this, I'm like, was I? Am I still miss? What is? Uh, the original. It is all E's. Is 1983. It's all E's. It's all E's. That's what I'm saying. Cemetery. I used to spell it C-E-M-E-T-A-R-Y, and that's not right. It's C-E-M-E-T-E-R-Y, which is nuts to me. All right. 
It's not <laughs> not how words work, but like what? <laughs> well, it is the way that words work in like, English, sure, because English is linguistic soup. Right, I understand. I'm just saying, like, it seems wrong. Like, it feels wrong when you look at it. It does. But yeah, I really feel like it's one of those that looks wrong no matter what you do. That's what I mean. So, yeah. That's why I was like, maybe this is right. I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe uh, who knows? So I just had to ask and clarify that. But all right. Uh, that's it. Uh, our next episode. What's our next episode, Katie? Our next episode is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I can't wait. I had to get to read one again, finally. Yeah, special surprise. We're doing a Switch episode. Yeah. Brian's gonna read. Uh, I've read this. I've read almost all. I've read all of them, except for the final book. And I read most of that one, which is, I think, so long. And thanks for all the fish, maybe. Um, but it's been a long time Mm -hmm. and I don't remember anything about them. It's also gonna be interesting because I'm pretty sure that this is one of those movies where they pull elements from like several of the books and I'm only reading the first one. And now I have read those other ones before. Like I've read Restaurant at the End of the Universe and uh, I don't remember all their names, but uh, I don't remember a lot about them. So we'll see. Um, But I I am going to reread Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe, which is the first one. Galaxy. Galaxy. Yeah. It's a podcast I listen to called Skeptic's Guide (laughs) to the Universe, which is a play on that title, but it's to the universe instead of to the galaxy. So I always get it confused. Yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, I'm going to read it, uh, and then in two weeks, we'll be talking about it. Next week, we're going to have our preview episode. i got to figure out what we're going to learn about. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ed Norton. Not Ed Norton. Sam Rockwell. <laughs> He's in that movie. Uh, ooh, maybe it'd be interesting we talk about um, like all the different versions of this or something. Because mm-hmm. there's like radio plays and TV shows. Mm-hmm. It's like a million. Anyways, I'll think about it. Um, that'll be in a week and then the full episode in two weeks until that time guys gals non-binary and everybody else if you could do us a favor rate and review us on iTunes Stitcher or anywhere else you download and listen to our podcast you can find us on all the social media platforms and make sure to keep reading books keep watching movies and, and keep, keep being, being awesome, awesome.